0: It's another Micro Action Monday on Studio Class. Hi there, divas. Happy Monday. We are back. It's another Micro Action Monday, and we are talking about practicing, because practicing is really the thing that makes it all happen, right? I mean, core, foundational. (laughs) (laughs) It's the part that, you know, everything is built off of. And... And so when we're talking about practicing, one of the things that I like to talk to divas about, talk to y'all about, is, is about creating a practice schedule, right? It's about making sure that you're being efficient with the time that you have to achieve your goals, right? So a practice schedule is really connected to our idea of systems. When, whenever you've heard me talk about some of my coaching work, when I talk about working with clients on offers, clients, and systems part of the systems aspect is making sure that you are doing the work in the practice room so that you can shine in the audition room or on stage, right? So that you're doing the thing that you need to do. And we need to create efficient practice schedules to make sure that that can happen. This can, uh, there are so many ways to talk about practice schedules, right? And sometimes if you're online, you're going to see like, the kind of overall basics but I really want to talk about a practice schedule for when you are working on rep like when you are getting ready for something right you've got you know you're going to be putting this opera on stage and you have got to get there you got to make sure that you are ready to show up to like you know to to that first sing-through ready to go off book and and looking like a snack I don't know whatever it is (laughs) you want to be doing sounding like a snack so uh that's why a practice schedule is really important and I think I chunked this down into what one two three four five six seven 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 little steps that I think are important but the micro action is set up a practice schedule for whatever it is that you're working on right now the first step of our setting up our practice schedule is when when is this going to happen? And as you've heard me talk about on the podcast or on Freier, don't, I don't believe that everybody has the same type of practicing mojo, the same type of practicing brain, right? You need to know what your style is. Do you like to batch it and work on some, something for a longer amount of time? Or do you like to do smaller chunks? Do you like to do a mixture of those things? How do you like to practice and then set yourself up for success, it may be that you're in a season right now where you don't have, you know, six hours on a given day of the week. If you Even if you wanted to, you don't have that kind of time. That's not how your life is working at the moment. So you have to work in an off-type situation. That's okay. We all have those seasons. If having a longer amount of time to practice is important and valuable to you, start thinking about how you might be able to change some of your schedule around right now, that doesn't mean that it's going to happen immediately, but you can start to think about how would I envision my life so that I gave myself the thing that worked the best for me? I think that this is really important. If you are the kind of person that likes to do this in like 20 minute chunks every single day, right? Think about how can I maximize that? How can I maximize giving myself these more consistent periods of time, but that aren't quite as long so that I can make use of you know interest and novelty and how my brain likes to work that way, right? So I wanna talk about the when. Is it on your calendar? Can I look at your calendar, whatever you're using, and see that you value your practice time so much that it's showing up on your calendar and isn't getting booked over or double booked or anything like that? Where does it go? I wanna know that you've already committed to yourself by putting it in your calendar that that's when it's going to happen. And the when and the where kind of go together, right? So that if you are looking at your schedule and you are putting time on there that says, I'm going to practice at the t- this time, then you probably know where you're going to be. Are you at, I don't know if you're still in school or whatever, if you're at school or if you're at home or do I, I have another third space, you know, or a th- like a space that's close close by me in which I can practice when I'm doing this other life activity that I do, right? There might be multiple ways for you to say, oh, well, I might be able to use this space, or I can make better use of this space for this practice time. Here you go. So the when and the where go together that way, because when you're thinking about when it's going to happen in your schedule, you're also thinking about where it's going to happen on your schedule. (laughs) Once you've got that when, you've got it set up, I want you you know on your practice schedule i want you to like leave some time for okay how much time does it take me to actually get warmed up hopefully you are getting more and more efficient with that so that your body is ready to respond it's ready to do the work warming up sometimes can take longer so i want you to be aware of that are there times of the week or times of the month or times of the year in which you need longer warming up time to make sure that you're vocally ready and healthy to rock and roll during your practice session. That's important. Give yourself that time that you need. And then we're really thinking about what rep. My ideal world has you writing down what rep it is that you're going to be actually doing ahead of time. So when you're putting it on your schedule, that you're actually saying, you know, it's, this is the rep that I'm working on. I'm getting ready for this entire scene or I'm working on this entire song cycle or whatever it is. What is the focus of what you're getting ready for right now? If you have multiple gigs coming up in which you're singing different rep, I want you to be able to look at that practice schedule and say, I see that I have time set aside to work on all of these things and not just the scariest one or not just the one that is the the largest or whatever, but say like, yes, the requisite amount of time is showing up for me to like, learn and, and execute expertly this repertoire when it comes to the performance because I've spent the time looking at it going, oh yeah, that's going to help me get there. Part of the what rep is this next aspect in, in this next step, which is chunking it down. So when you're getting ready for something, especially if you're working on something large form, like an entire opera, you're pre- preparing a role I really, really want to see it chunked, chunked down into clear, manageable parts, right? So, okay, I'm working on this scene. If that scene is very involved, I want to say like, oh, okay, I'm working on this aria. I'm also working on here's the duo from this scene. That Like, you know, act, act one, scene two, whatever it is. The duo, right? If there are parts that are particularly challenging or thorny, I want you to chunk that down even further. Okay, I'm working on measures 70 through 95 because there's a ton of text in that area, or the intervals are particularly challenging. I really want to make sure that I nail that, and they're not as straightforward or not as intuitive as I might have assumed at first, right? So, chunking it down into these parts so that you're touching everything. And this, you know, pay attention to rehearsal letters or rehearsal numbers in your score. Because those are things that we use in rehearsal to break down how we work together. So plan ahead and use that in your own individual practice time to say, oh, okay, based on the score that we're all using, I'm definitely going to make sure that I feel really confident going from rehearsal letter A to rehearsal letter B, right? Because we will probably either stage that section or we will stage, you know, or or we're going to be rehearsing from here to here if we're breaking down an entire scene, then here are the parts that are natural uh, sections of that. Right. Because I can't tell you the number of times where it's like, Oh, somebody worked on something, but then their part was done. And then they get into staging and they're like wandering around because they haven't spent the time thinking through like, Oh, there's other music happening here. I should know this. (laughs) So same thing. It's like, this also goes for if you're working in chamber ensembles or you're, uh, you know, you're doing a song cycle, you're doing whatever. Is chunk it down again and say, oh, okay, I'm really going to work on, you know, I'm really going to work on the third movement, or I'm going to work on the last song in the cycle, and particularly in the last song, I'm going to work from, you know, uh, D to the end, or you know, measure, measure one through measure twenty-two. Use the way that you've been taught to think about chunking down music so that you can give yourself better advantages, right? So you are able to look at the score and say, that seems like a very natural, like a natural set of music to work on, a natural amount that there's kind of like a beginning part and an ending part, because I know that. I already know this about the form, right? I can I can see where this where this song, where this scene, where this act is gonna go, and I can create my own sense of the building blocks. Knock, knock, knock. Real quick, divas. I know you're here because you love the clarity that comes from my micro-action episodes. Plus, you get inspired and motivated hearing from working artists all across our field on how they made, maintain, and grow their careers. Now, you can be a part of the fuel that makes it all happen. Give studio class a boost by heading over to patreon.com slash that's M-E-Z-Z-O-I-H-N-E-N, and join the Sybaritic Camerata. I also want to take a moment to shout out and thank Chris, James, Josh, Sarah, Elise, and Renee. Your support means the world to me. Thanks so much for helping me keep this podcast going. Now, let's get back to the show. Okay, we talked about chunking it down. Now, we talked about, we're gonna talk about what I consider repetition and variation, right? (laughs) Is how many times do I need to repeat a particular practice strategy until this section is learned and or memorized? Now, instead of how many times do I need to repeat that particular practice strategy, now I'm gonna think about try a variation. So to be even more plain with this is if I'm learning a piece and I start with solfege, right? I'm going to solfege this, this section out. How many times do I need to solfege this verse or, you know, this, this chorus or something like that before I really know it? And then what's my variation? Maybe I go to count singing. Do I know it as well if I'm just count singing it versus solfeging it? Do I know it as well if I'm singing it only on vowels, um, as I do if I'm singing the text, right? Do I know it if I'm practicing the dynamics as well as I do if I'm solfegging it, going back to that? Does that make sense? The idea is how many times do I need to repeat a practice strategy before I feel like I've learned it that way and or memorized it that way? And then what is the variation? And then how many times do I repeat that variation until I feel like I know it that way? This is where we start to get into like the meat and potatoes of like what does it mean to practice, right? Is what are your practice strategies? How many times do you do them so that you feel really confident in it? And then do you have other strategies that help build kind of neural pathways to you really deeply understanding and then being able to execute the music that you're doing, right? If you are confused about practice strategies, hit me up. I've got an entire like practice plan that I'm happy to share with you. And there's just so many practice strategies and if you, it's not anybody's fault, but if the practice strategies that you came up with, you know, when, when you were first working with a teacher or something was just like, we'll just start singing it on the words and then like listen and then repeat it back or something like that. That's totally fine. That's how a lot of people get into it. But if you want to feel like you have a lot more control over your deepest understanding of the music, you're probably going to want to come up with lots of different practice strategies. and so that's where this is coming from when we talk about repetition and variation until learned and or memorized right but deeply learned so so ingrained in you that it feels like it's memorized without you having to be like oh i specifically memorized this right it's already naturally memorized because you've put in the work to you know unlock all of all of the information in the score right do i understand what's going on here musically and is it just so ingrained in my voice, in my instrument that I'm, I feel like I could just, I could wake up and do this. Okay, that leads me to my next step, which is what I consider adversity training. <laughs> like, we all know that auditions and performances can go wildly awry, right? You did not foresee this coming this whatever the challenge is you did not think that that was going to happen and yet here you are and you're still moving ahead right this is what i consider adversity training the better your practice time is the better prepared you are for the adversity that you will absolutely run into in the world of music making and it's not that somebody is out to get you or that you're you know that they're purposefully trying to make it hard it's just that things happen right and like we all want to show up and do our best right so say, you know, say your colleague forgets a line and that happens, right? That's totally fine. But you put some good karma into the world and be the person who's able to continue going because they've learned their music so well rather than saying like, oh, well, this person didn't do a thing and now I'm messed up, right? That's not it. Maybe that is not how it goes. It is your responsibility to show up with it so ingrained in what you're doing so that you can absorb any of those random challenges you know tricky things stuff that just goes a little all right like I don't know a you know an, an alarm goes off but you have to keep going you know not like a fire alarm or something but like you know some something goes off and and somebody misses a beat fine that happens keep going you've got this you can continue to create music and create the experience without losing your step just because one thing didn't go perfectly, okay? That's the adversity training side of this, is are you feeling prepared so that you can absorb the challenges and keep going rather than getting, you know, like knocked out of out of commission by those challenges? Okay, and then at the end of this practice time, I really want you to be planning for next time. Take some notes. Keep a practice journal where you can say, and it doesn't have to be super involved, right? You could do this in your phone. You could do this in like a little tiny notepad. You can do this in lots of ways, which is take some notes about, you know, what needs more work? What is, what might, what practice strategies might you apply to that section, right? If you weren't able to get to something, then go, oh, okay, well, when I come back next time, I'm definitely going to jump back in with, clapping and counting or, you know, uh, singing it all in one vowel, whatever it is that you're wanting to work on for that. Right. So plan for the next time. And you might already have your schedule mapped out and then you can update it if it's, you know, in a place where you can like change things and edit, or you can add to it because you're like, Oh, I really, I definitely need to come back and make sure that this patter section is super clean, right? That it feels awesome. Whatever it is for you, you have done a little bit of reflection over the time that you've spent and then made necessary suggestions to yourself and recommendations to yourself for the future, for future you in the practice room, so that you are continuing to make the most efficient use of your time so that you can be a boss on stage. You can be like, just like, I mean, just people are going to be so impressed. With the fact that you're able to show up, learn a ton, like you're able to learn a ton of music. You're able to show up and do it really, really well and also be a good colleague because you're reliable in the preparation that you've done. And, and, you know, I understand. I wish that, I mean, I absolutely wish that I got to be these things all the time, but these are things that I incorporate so that I can try and be my best self for working together with my colleagues or tr- it, making the music that I want to make in the world, right? Is if I'm messing around in the studio without a plan, without a sense of direction, then then I, I don't feel like I'm able to show up like with all of the knowledge and expertise that I have. I haven't been able to apply it because I was just kind of like, well, I guess this thing now, or I guess this thing now. That is not to say that playtime and discovery time and exploration isn't absolutely necessary as part of our practice. What I'm trying to say is that when you are doing the part where you are preparing specific music for a gig, for an audition or whatever, you want to make sure that every moment feels like it is charged with possibility and purpose. (laughs) So give yourself the playtime when you need that as well right? Enjoy it. But also the moments where you're really preparing something, go ahead and actually prepare it with efficiency and, you know, effectiveness so that you can make the most out of that and feel like you're bringing your best musical self to the situation. All right, divas, that's, that's plenty. I am, you know, we are going on and on here. Um, <laughs> so before I keep you too much longer talking about practice stuff, Uh, I'm going to tell you, stay sparkly, inside and out. Bye. Thanks for joining me for Micro Action Monday. Again, I'm Megan Enan, and you can find me on all the socials at Mezzo Enan. That's I-H-N-E-N. Did you know that studio class is part of the Sybaritic Singer? It is. And if you liked this episode, you're going to love my 29 Days to Diva series. That's on SybariticSinger.com. And if you liked this episode, will you please consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast? Thanks. It means a lot to me.